Welcome to Together Apart. If you and your significant other spend a lot of time apart due to traveling or demanding schedule, this is the show for you. Dr. Christina Real is a psychologist whose husband works out of state half the year. She brings her personal experience and expertise in dealing with that reality to this show. She and her guests give you practical tools and solutions so you can navigate the unique challenges of sticking together while you're apart. Now, here's Together Apart, hosted by Dr. Christina. Welcome to the second episode of the Together Apart podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina, and today I have the joy of having my husband, Matt, here with me to record this podcast. Matt has a master's degree in civil engineering from Stevens Institute of Technology, and he began traveling for his career in engineering in 2006 as part of his college internship experience. Since 2006, his travel has increased from about 10% to approximately 50% travel. The past 13 years have taught him lessons on relationship management in his roles being single, in a relationship, as a married man, and as a father. Welcome to the podcast, husband. Thanks for having me, and hello, audience. (laughs) So today on the podcast, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the trajectory of our relationship. I think it's helpful to understand where we come from as a couple and the different types of distance that we've endured in our relationship. After that, we're going to talk to you a bit about our emergency procedure, so how we manage emergency situations that come up in our lives, because let's face it, whenever emergencies happen, we have to be prepared for them, and doing it beforehand is really, really helpful. So jumping right in here, we started dating in 2011. And at that point, I was a graduate student in Fort Lauderdale, and Matt was living in Homestead, Florida. And for those of you who don't really know the geography of Florida, uh, that's about an hour and a half apart on a good Florida traffic day. (laughs) On a bad one, I think it's like two and a half hours. Uh, I was going to say, what is a good Miami traffic day? You are correct. And at that point, we were the very beginning of our relationship. We moved in together uh, when we were dating for about two months, but that's another podcast. (laughs) After that point, how much were you away from home? During that time, uh, for about the two years between 2011 and 2013, I was uh, traveling. I was working 12 to 16 hours a day. This was at the nuclear power plant. Yeah, on, on plant within the secure uh, area, the uh, my schedule was flip flopping uh, between day shift and night shift, and I was working a schedule that was typically I think twelve days on, two days off, and every fourth week I had six days off, and then there was a lot of uh, kind of critical uh, construction steps that I was involved in, so. Uh, sometimes getting called in to oversee some critical activities, um, even on off days. So Was that the 12 to 2 shift? Maybe. <laughs> so there was a lot of different shifts. <laughs> the 12 to 2 shift, uh, Matt used to come home at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm a little jumpy when it comes to sleep. So he would come into the bedroom and virtually every single night he had that shift would scare the daylights out of me. I think what's interesting about <laughs> this, uh, you know, this part of our, our relationship or this time frame is, you know, we were quite close uh, in proximity to one another, but because of my work situation and being in the secure area, 
Uh, we were only a couple miles away, but very limited cell phone service, a secure area. I was far enough away from civilization where it wasn't like, hey, pop out and have lunch together. And because of the nature of my work, really had very limited access for kind of outside communication during day-to-day work tasks. Yeah, there was a T-Rex at the entrance to the nuclear power plant, and I was never allowed past that (laughs) T-Rex. So um, at that point in our relationship, I never even saw the inside of his office. After that, I, as part of my graduate program, had to complete a pre-doctoral internship, and Matt's contract at the nuclear plant had expired, and he was back in Atlanta, which was where his home base was for his, his company. I took an internship in Charlotte at that point, and we did, oh gosh, what? four or five months of a long distance relationship between Charlotte and Atlanta about that? Yeah, it was a couple months. It was probably three months. Yeah. And then you were actively looking for jobs in Charlotte and found a job with a company doing vibration isolation, right? Yeah. We we met on a pretty unique circumstance with the shift work and working on the nuclear plant within the secure area. Uh, And then this, this next opportunity for my career Uh, was different in that it was really 30% travel uh, all over North America because of the nature of my role. It was all of U.S. and Canada and required a couple trips a year uh, over to Europe. So we definitely had a new set of challenges ahead compared to the first couple years of our relationship, um, which led us to kind of develop some some different systems at that time, which we'll talk about in a little bit. That was the the job where you had to spend two weeks in Austria, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry for you about that. I'm not. (laughs) The cheese was great. You were really, at that point, pretty secure in that job. And then the new job opportunity that we're in now came up. This opportunity kind of unexpectedly came to me. uh, And part of that opportunity was an increase in travel. Not as much international travel, smaller responsible territory, uh, but definitely an increase in travel and an increase in the type of travel. So previous difference in the type of travel. Yeah. Yeah. Previously I was really in control of my own travel schedule. I would set meetings kind of weeks to months in advance. Uh, and my new role would, would kind of maybe 20% of the travel of the 50% travel would be predictable, but in general, a majority of the travel could be unpredictable, kind of emergency response in nature. Oftentimes, I don't uh, know if you're coming or going. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oftentimes it's, you know, one way tickets. I know where I'll be the first day of the week, but I don't know where I'll be on Thursday or Friday. And I'll be traveling to a lot of areas likely not to have cell phone service yeah, uh, and, and potentially even really poor internet at night. So mm-hmm. they were, um, there's a new set of variables thrown at us and, and our, our relationship. And that'll all kind of like play into some of our later conversations on the, uh, our emergency systems that we, we set yeah. up. Yeah. No, it was so interesting that transition from having very structured travel and and travel that was very predictable to this new, you can call me in the middle of the day and say, I've got to go to Oklahoma and I don't know when I'm coming home. That was super different for, for me. And, and not that one was better than the other. It was just 
really different and it threw a new set of variables at us just like the shift work had different sets of variables and you sort of juggle these different things together and figure out what needs to work given our current situation and I think even with your current role things have shifted a little bit from the beginning of when you worked at your current job till now and so we've had to sort of evolve with your job but Matt talked a little bit about this emergency skill that we have and I'd I'd like to kind of start getting into that because it really is the first skill that I think we noticeably implemented in our life. Like it was a it was a response and a reaction to an event that happened which I'll share in a minute and it was so so necessary but we did not know we needed it until something happened. Yeah, I think the best way to put it is it it was deliberate. Like a lot of Mm -hmm. our improvements in communication and some of the skills that we've picked up along the way, we've developed over time and and through whether it's conversations or frustrations, like this one was just like smack in the face. Mm -hmm. Hey, we can put a system in place here to do this better. And it was um, super early on in our relationship too. It was. And, And you said it before, it's like, you know, you have to be prepared for emergencies and they're going to happen and they're probably going to happen at the worst time. So your system better be Like good. every time you travel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only time the kid gets sick? Pretty much. Yes. I said that I'd mention a little bit about kind of why we implemented this strategy. We were in Homestead and this was three, four months into our relationship. We were already living together, but I started having really bad pains in the lower right quadrant of my abdomen. And that was really alarming to me because I knew what that meant. And for those of you who may not know, um, there's a really high concern for appendicitis when you have sharp pains in the right side of your abdomen, um, lower right side of your abdomen. So I ended up going to the doctor and they immediately said, you have to go to the emergency room. So I tried to contact Matt and this was when Matt was working at the nuclear power plant and I I couldn't get him. Uh, I just remember feeling very isolated, very alone, very scared. And my closest family members were like two hours away in West Palm and my parents were all the way in New York and I didn't have any access to Matt. I didn't know who he worked with. I mean, I knew who he worked with. I didn't have any contact information. It was a very scary experience. Yeah, like you said, it was three or four months into our relationship. You knew my friends, but you didn't have them in your cell phone yet. No. And Mm-mm. being uh, being in the plant... Um, I'm sure there's a plant number, but it's not as easy to get into like a Not sub- exactly um, publicized. <laughs> yeah, when I'm working in 23 trailers bolted together, <laughs> it's not like a central line you call in. No. It's in the yellow pages. No. So Matt ended up getting my messages. I don't remember exactly how this all went down, but I know that I was at the hospital being checked in before you got there. Yeah, and all I can remember is getting there and you being in like a surgery consulting right. with the surgeon uh, who's telling you 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 need to go under emergency surgery. Yeah. And then- Side note, it never happened because he wanted to take my appendix out so that he didn't have to get called in for after he went home for dinner. So at that point, I was already, you know, in the consultation with the surgeon and and we very quickly decided that something had to change when it came to how do I get in contact with you when something happens yeah and and so we unknowingly started down this this road of forming our first emergency plan and um, our first hurdle was 
the plant was in an, an area where, where my cell phone, I, I had Verizon coverage at the time. For some reason, it was a Verizon dead spot. And talked, six square feet of space. <laughs> yeah, right at my computer was a dead no, spot. So where I spent most of my time. And um, the, the first easy step to our process was I switched to AT&T, which at least... Uh, having no other system in place would, would make it that much easier for me to, to receive a call or a text message. But then we started to talk through how to have a much more positive experience if we had a, a, an emergency again. The turning point for this was I felt super insecure after that. It shook me up enough. I felt like I needed something. I, I needed to know that if I tried to contact you, that I could that I, you know, that was, that was for my own security. And so we started to sort of problem solve through this. And yeah, the first step was making that change in, in your cell service. But the other thing was I got the names and numbers of some people that you worked directly with. Yeah. In proximity to the desk of. Right. Right. Yeah. I tried to empower myself to be able to find him if I needed to. And the other thing we did was implement something that has been so, so enormous over the course of our relationship. Um, and that was our 911 text. Yes. And um, I guess something, you know, to go along with this topic was, you know, you said it like this, this was my reality. Like it, we can't predict what the next emergency was going to be, but you were, you felt insecure about what we had in place and your ability to, to reach me. And I think, you know, I had to make a conscious effort to not say, hey, like, oh, you don't need to reach me or make any excuse for the way you're feeling. It was just, hey, if that's the way you're feeling, let's fix it. Let's find a, a system to put in place so that you don't feel insecure because you, you don't want your partner feeling insecure because of any of these situations or challenges uh, related to travel or communication during the workday or during the week, during any time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You were very accepting of the idea of doing something like this, and that was really helpful. But so what is our 911 text? Our 911 text is, in a nutshell, a text message that either, either he or I would send in a very extreme emergency situation. So to give you context, we have been together since 2011. It's now 2019. I've used this um, 911 text message three times, right? Yeah, yeah, three times, and I've never had to use it, but we're, we're a team, so we've used it three times. <laughs> <laughs> this 911 text message, the first thing we really did was we, we set up parameters for it, like what constituted an emergency and we had a really clear conversation with one another it was not something that was left up to our judgment um an emergency was defined yeah now as, as a parent i read that the boy who cried wolf too often but you know <laughs> if you set up your emergency system and you're using it weekly it is not an emergency system these are these are for real emergencies and they have to be respected otherwise you know you risk the chance you know that it just it, it goes to the wayside, like another text message or another call um, that may be easier to ignore um, if you're in a critical meeting or if you're having a busy day or a bad day. When you we set up one of these uh, systems effectively with your partner, you know that is an indication. It doesn't matter what your meeting is. It doesn't matter what client you're with. Any human being is going to respect if you get a, a text of this magnitude and you have to step out for your family. 
Yeah. Um, I remember us really talking very specifically about what constituted an emergency. And this might be different for everyone. You don't have to create the same plan that Matt and Christina created for their own situation. But for us, what we defined an emergency as was the death of a loved one, a close loved one, um, the threat of um, a major health issue and like a disaster situation that was life-threatening. Yeah, like immediate loss of property damage or something. You know, right. the, ho- the, the house, house is, is on, on fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that. And and it has worked to exactly what Matt said. It has worked so well for us because we do not take those text messages lightly. I remember thinking of sending out a nine one one text message when. <laughs> I walked into our laundry room and saw about two inches of water in our laundry room completely flooding it. The week after we had a major leak in our water system that caused water damage throughout our house, I think I had it typed in and decided, no, I'm not going to send this text. I'm going to give a call and leave a message. And and I was surprised and impressed by your ability to <laughs> to find and and close the valve and uh implement the towels <laughs> well thank you but this is just an example of like something for us that we that did not constitute a true emergency and i went back to the criteria of what is our 911 text for and i evaluated whether or not i was going to send that text based on the predetermined criteria that we had set out together and so i i can't stress enough how it, how important it is to not only say hey we're going to do this 911 text thing but to really sit down and say okay what constitutes an emergency for us what makes this a text message that has to be sent and the three times that I've used it, were they emergencies? Every single time, I okay. would agree. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so for, for an example of, of what one of those text messages was, I was ooh, 16 weeks pregnant. Ish. Ish, yeah. Ish. And I had started to have um, very extreme pain. Um, the doctors were not sure what it was um i think this sent me to the hospital two or three times and the particular time that i had to send the 911 text was when i had gone back into the emergency room because of the extreme pain that i was in it ended up being very 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 severe muscle spasms but at the time we didn't know that and i had gone in and they were admitting me for concerns about my kidneys and i remember the doctor telling me i have to admit you and me knowing at that point, okay, I've got to, I've got to tell him what's going on. And yeah, I this, sent this that. could have been like immediate surgery. Either I, they were talking about appendicitis, a kidney infection, gallbladder yeah. issues, and w- which would have required surgery while pregnant. And uh, it's an emergency, and you need support. And yeah. On the, on this particular instance, I was actually uh, helping. You were on a job site, weren't you? I was on a job site a couple hours in away Oklahoma? in Kentucky. Oh, mm-hmm. and the I guess ironic thing of it is I was I was doing a field assignment for one of my colleagues who asked me to fill in for his wife, who was also having some issues. Uh, <laughs> so just that our system worked, and I was able to at least make make some phone calls. We had family here. My at, grandparents at the, were here at the yep. time. 
um, that yeah, he was, to, that was come to her bedside yeah, and everything. And, and if there was, you know, we, we had kind of a system in place, you know, if, if family wasn't going to be there, at least we could have called a close friend or somebody else to like be close to her and kind of comfort her in the situation. Yeah. What was it like for you to get that text message? Very real, you know, kind there's stresses that happen in, in life and, and that's, you know, most of them challenge you in a moment, but, uh, you know, it just kind of snaps you into, okay, this is a real situation and I need to bring my A game like right now. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other times that I used the 911 was when my grandmother was very, very critically ill, ended up passing away two days later, but I needed to get to her bedside and I needed to be, I needed to be able to see her say goodbye And that was a very, very emotional time for me. And we had sort of talked about it actually that day. And you had said to me, you know, if there's a problem, if something happens and you need me to, you need me to respond, send the 911 text. And so we, I remember setting it up like that. I think that that's a good point to bring up is, is like, there's, there's emergencies that are going to come out of the blue. Maybe unpredictable ones. Totally unpredictable. And there's ones that like, Hey, maybe this is going to happen today, which means you, you can put like a layer on your 911 system and, and maybe even further discuss the parameters of, Hey, if this emergency does happen, what is the plan? But there's, there's always got to be a plan. And I mean, it's, that was not the best situation for our family, obviously, but I think we we talked about it and we we made a plan uh, mm-hmm. ahead of time, so we knew exactly what how we were going to support one another if right. and when it happened. Right, right, yeah. absolutely. So to close this skill out, I think it's important to touch on the other layer of the skill. Um, which is not necessarily the 911 text, but it's that knowing who to call if you need to get in touch with someone. Are you picking up what I'm putting down about what situation that we're going to talk about? Oh, yeah, the Texas one. <laughs> so, so this is kind of funny. It is. It's, this was a technical glitch. <laughs> so we, we use um, one of one of the uh, situations that I mentioned earlier. For a future podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we use an app called Friend Finder. So, you know, if I do enter a an area of the country that doesn't have uh, service, a lot of times, like, it leaves, like, a little trace GPS of where I am. Uh, and because of what I do and where I work, Christina can see, oh, he's, like, in the middle of nowhere. That's why he hasn't called and checked in now. Mm-hmm. It, sh- it gives you exact GPS thing. She could see if I'm in a meeting with a client like that. I'm yeah. at the client's office. So it's really cool. If there's not an emergency, she, she, she can identify, oh, I'll call him when he's not in that location. Mm-hmm. Like Back maybe at the I'll hotel dr- or something. Yeah, maybe I'm driving work. But anyway. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, so this one was, was interesting. We used this Friend Finder app. And I'll let you, you, you saw that. So I'll let, let me set this part. up for you. I checked the app because it was like 930, 10 o'clock at night and Matt hadn't checked in. I can count on my two fingers how many times this has ever happened. And so it was a really rare thing for him to not check in. And so I thought, eh, I'll see where he's at. Well, the friend finder put you... I think in like the side of the road near a lake in the middle of a not so great neighborhood. And I was thinking to myself, what in the world is this about? So I tried to call you, I don't know, a few times. And I think either it went straight to voicemail or it, you know, rang and rang and rang. And so I started to get really worried because when it comes to checking in, you know, when I go to sleep and it's usually about 10 o'clock. You hadn't checked in and that was just really rare. And so I started to get a little bit worried about it. I ended up calling 
the wife of a guy who was out west in your company and he was able to sort of track down where you were. Yeah, so my my side of this is like, you know, obviously I don't know that Christina's seen me in a ditch. Um, I, I work uh, a lot around highways, and there's always that risk when you work, do highway work that you're struck by a vehicle, and and it's yeah. a hit and run. So like, yeah. so she she sees me in a ditch, and she reacts by by reaching out to my colleague's wife, who reaches out to my colleague, who checks the schedule to identify what crew I'm most likely supporting that day. So I get out of uh, a, a man lift. You were in that man lift for like 16 hours that day. It was a rough day. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot to accomplish and it would have would have affected, you know, the next couple of days of work. So it had to be done. And uh, I was lucky enough to be supported by my client who had to ride that man lift with me. Um, so we, phone was in the truck, focused on the work. We come out of the, down back to the ground level and, and my, my superintendent looks at me and he's like, Andy called. You gotta call your wife, <laughs> which is the funniest thing coming from a, a man who's never met or talked to my wife in, in any way. So I knew something weird was happening, uh, and and it you know that I guess it wasn't really the nine one one system. No, but it was just this this really funny thing that kind of broke or hacked our nine one one system. So that that's where like the the phone a friend option yeah. is is a good element to to validate or, or sift through if if there is an, an emergency. Yeah, yeah. No, just yeah. something a little funny we wanted to, to share. Yeah. So the, I mean, the, this skill is not perfect, and I think the more that you are able to define your situations understand your unique situation and the components that challenge you in your relationship, the more you're able to talk about those things, the more you're able to bring them to the forefront and problem solve them, the easier it's going to be to support one another during an emergency situation. Like I know Matt got the flu actually that day that day, and, and had to stay in Houston. Wasn't it Houston? Yeah. I, yeah. I burnt out my fever in, uh, in a hotel room. Extended stay. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was another challenge to our 911 system and, and making sure that we had the resources to take care of one another. This skill is the first skill that we decided to bring to you because it is so universal. It is one that is so helpful to have because it brings security. It brings a very clear conversation to the forefront and it forces you to really talk to one another about what's most important in your particular relationship and situation. Now, the 911 strategy that we use may not work for everybody, but the idea here is is maybe to pull elements or pieces of what we've talked about and fit it to the situation that you're in. Obviously, there are certain situations where you're not going to be able to use a 911 text, but maybe there's something else that you can do and perhaps what we've talked about today can kind of spark that conversation between you and your partner. Yeah. And I think any, any of these skills that you're talking about in your podcast, it's all about how to be happier every day and have less stress or carry less stress in your relationship mm -hmm. because, you know, there is not insecurity there or, hey, we're just not prepared together to, to face a challenge that you can't predict when emergencies are going to happen. So if you have yeah. that plan, you know, it's, it's like just that first stepping stone and um, being happier and, and having less stress in your relationship. Yeah. Thank you, husband, for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me.
Thank you guys so much for listening. I am so glad to have been able to bring you this emergency strategy today. And the thing that I'd like you to take away from this is to go home and have a conversation with your partner. Talk about emergency situations. See what you can pull from this podcast and these suggestions that we've provided. And please tell me what you guys have come up with. I'd love to hear all of the unique situations that you're in and how you've adapted the skills that we've brought to the table to fit your situation. I'm really excited excited for my next podcast because I'm going to have Dr. Audrey Atkinson on the podcast. She is going to talk to you guys about communication and how important several aspects of communication are when it comes to living together apart. So thank you so much. As always, head over to my Instagram or my Facebook group and let me know what you think about these strategies, how you've implemented them. And I look forward to interacting with you guys in the future. Come back for episode three. Thank you for tuning in to Together Apart with Dr. Christina. For more resources and information, head over to drreal.com. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and join us next time for another episode of Together Apart.